right, welcome back to the Art of Dating podcast. Welcome back, 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 because it's been like forever since we've been on here. We understand it's been 10 months. <laughs> okay. We are the absolute worst podcasters in the world. If you're still listening to this, you should get some kind of reward. But we do understand that we have the best following because y'all have been listening at a thousand listens a week. So we're just so happy. Yeah, I, that I had somebody say us. to me yesterday, I'm now on my third time through all that you've done. Are you ever going to do a new one? I'm like, wow. The third time in the... <laughs> well, we haven't recorded in a couple months. Okay, thank you for being so patient. But we're so happy to be back with you. Um, so we understand it's a new year. So we wanted to structure the next four podcast episodes a little bit differently than we have been doing. So it's to focus on being the best dateable you while also applying uh being the best dateable you into actually going on dates. Going on dates. So we're going to provide them with... Ideas to become the most dateable for the new year and ideas for the best dates. And they can put those together and go, hey, I'm now my most dateable person going on the best dates I can think of, right? So we're going we're gonna to do some principles about best dates. But, but you're going to actually bring in, Kayla, people that are going to say, here are the five best dates I've ever been on, right? Or here are my five best date ideas. Yeah. So it, what, by the end of the next four episodes... You, you will be able to take away 20 new date ideas. I'm glad you were able to do that math. That was quick math. you into like an accounting, right? Yeah, the financial accounting. planning. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, by the way, I'm graduating here pretty soon. Oh, we, we progressed together as a, defi- yes. uh, as a podcast. Yes, congratulations. Thank you. So, yeah, well, you'll be able to take away 20 different uh, date ideas to apply them. Um, we'll, pick, we'll, we'll kind of tell, pick them apart maybe a little bit, talk about the good things and why they're good first dates or why they're good dates in general and maybe what to be cautious of to make sure that as you do them, you're mindful of some of those things. So that being said, let's jump into it. We're going to talk about how to become the best dateable you for the first portion and then we'll jump into date ideas. So it's kind of, yeah, kind of a two-step. Each one of these next four episodes, love it. So becoming the most dateable you, uh, we're really not going to talk about a ton of new stuff, right? Because there's not a lot of new stuff out there. We're always going back to what we learned from the Savior, you know, 2,000 years ago, which is uh, he's our perfect example, even in terms of being the most dateable person, because we all want to date someone who is like the Savior, and we want to be someone who is like the Savior. Mm. So as we go back to Luke 2.52, and, you know, if, you, if you're a long-time listener, you're like, oh, I knew that they were <laughs> going to go there. If we go back to Luke 2.52, it is that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So the most dateable you is also growing in those four areas. And, and now we've seen this is great because the new the Strength of Youth Guide is also going in that same direction, right? They're saying, hey, these are the four areas of growth. And so most of you are pretty, pretty familiar with that. But of course, we'll start off this week with becoming the most spiritual you and really enhancing your spirituality as a way of improving your dateability. So I'm going to actually say that again. So we'll spend the next 10 minutes enhancing your spirituality as a way of improving your dateability, mm-hmm. right? So last night, and, and we'll just, let's have a little conversation here. Um, last night I was directing the Valley Wide Choir, which everyone out there in podcast land should be joining. If you live somewhere in Utah Valley, you ought to be singing with us on Thursday nights, 7 o'clock, Wolverine Chapel Crossing Chapel there. Um, but uh, we were talking last night, we were singing a song about baptism and, and I just had to, I constantly stopped the choir, which was driving them crazy because I wanted to really hit the idea of what do your covenants actually mean to you? Why did the Lord decide to make 
the gospel a series of covenants. And what does that what does that actually mean? What does having been baptized mean in your life? And I think so we especially in the last couple of years we've focused a lot on the covenant path, stay on the covenant path. And so so often we go, Oh, awesome. So baptism, going to the temple, receiving my own endowment, being sealed. But like those those are ordinances. Like what the the covenant that you make, that promise relationship, the ordinance that's the that's the physical manifestation of the covenant. When we talk about covenants, like what do those actually mean? That's something I've been thinking about a lot. Well, in this most recent general conference, which in case you're listening to this years down the road, you know, <laughs> uh, this most recent most recent conference, which would have been October 2022, President Nelson's uh, talk this conference, he talked about that specifically, and I thought that's interesting because he continued to use the word covenant. You know, usually. They say, oh, the ordinance and covenants. But this time he said, uh, let, let's talk about your covenants and the covenant path. And, and I really appreciated that. So we were talking about baptism last night. And I start off with this little story. When my brother and I were in, in Texas, um, and we, we pulled over to help this woman who had a flat tire. And I, I bet you I've told you this story before, maybe even on a podcast. But we pulled over to help a woman who had a flat tire and and it was in a pretty precarious situation. It was on the freeway, right on a turn. And, uh, you know, as you were getting off the freeway exit, they had a big loop that you got off of. And we jumped out and ran up to try to help her get her car jacked up. And she said, you boys shouldn't be out here. This is so dangerous. Why did you get out of your car? And my brother said, we're both Eagle Scouts. <laughs> and she's like, that's great, you know. And then I felt like saluting, you know, and, and, and as we jacked her car up. But after we got back in the car, I thought, that was a great thing to say, but I wish he had said, we're both disciples of Jesus Christ. Because that may have actually changed that woman's life and her feelings about the Savior. We're both disciples of Jesus Christ, and so we got out because this is what our master would do. What does it really mean to be a disciple, and how does that fit in with an ordinance and a covenant? I, I was sitting on the chair this week and thinking about this, and I, I have a 16-year-old son, and I yelled into him into the kitchen a question, and about two minutes later, I hear him say, are you talking to me? And I thought, this is living with a teenager. Are you talking to me? I'm like, I just bared my, I bore my soul about covenants to this kid. And he's like, are you talking to me? I thought, I wonder if he has his AirPods in. Anyway, I said, yes, I'm talking to you, so I had to repeat myself, but this was the essential question. It was, can you think of a great movie moment where there is a master and an apprentice that I could share with, with individuals, that I could say, think of blank movie. Hopefully everybody out there is thinking while we're talking here, can you think of any movies where an apprentice comes and says, I want to be like you, show me the way. So I don't watch very many movies, so that's kind of embarrassing. I'm <laughs> okay, pulling... you need to get out. You need to well, date more. No, um, you're right. You're, you're dating too much and not going to movies. That's very good. Good Oh, movie. good on okay, you. Okay, how about this? How about Luke Skywalker oh, okay. and Yoda? That's an easy, okay, that's an easy one. Why not? Right? That? Well, because I've mean, never seen He says, Skywalker. put me on your back, and I'm going to show you the way. And what Luke's actually trying to do is become a Jedi. So he goes to a Jedi and says, I want you to show me how to become like you. And you remember Yoda says to him, will you do everything I ask? Did you remember this whole thing? Will you do everything I ask? And Luke's like, of course I will. Of course. And he says, will you really do everything I ask of you? I can show you the way, but you have to be willing to 
do what I ask. So they get into a master and an apprenticeship um, relationship. I could tell you a million more because I've been thinking about it. But it always comes down to the master is something, right? I mean, you think of Kung Fu Panda. I mean, there's one that everybody has seen where they go, we're trying to become like that master. So the master takes him through a series of experiences that help him become a master. So a master takes an apprentice through a series of experiences that help them to grow. And the master's job is to help that person and ensure that they succeed. So, uh, oh, what's another great one? Dr. Strange. Oh, if you've see, seen oh, Dr. That's Strange. That's actually came to okay. mind, but I didn't know who his... Who was the apprentice and who was the apprentice? So the, the woman wizard, right, okay. is his right. is the master. And she says, you won't stick with it. And he says, yes, I will. You know, and then, and then she walks him through this learning experience. And it's thing after thing and spin your ring this way. And, you know, it, clearly all I do is watch movies, it sounds like. <laughs> but it's spring, spring year, you know, do this, do that. And, and she guarantees him, if you listen to me, I will get you there. So, now what does that have to do with your discipleship? Well, if we're thinking of, if we're the apprentice and the master, the Savior is the absolute master. He has, I mean, he mastered everything here on earth. And so, so, what, what he is, asks us, yeah, what is Jesus that you want to become? What is he? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he is so patient. And I feel like sometimes I'm not patient with people at all. I'm actually... So I'm preparing for a talk this week in church. I'll be speaking about ministering. And I'm just learning a lot about his, and the theme, and I'm tying this in, I'll, the theme of the Institute is love like him. Hmm. He just loves people so much. So I'm going to talk about the idea that he loves, like love others as he does, then also love God as he does. Oh, nice. So love like him, love God like him, love others like him. And then just that idea of because he loves others, he's the perfect minister. He's so good about going and seeing people because he just it's loves them. all about them. love, yeah. He's all about love. And I just, like, that's so badly something that I want is to be able to just have that, that third eye of loving people and seeing them and their the things that they need. Isn't that interesting? You could have really said anything. You could have said, he's so powerful. He's so obedient. He's so, you know, self-mastery. He's so loving. He's so patient. He's so caring. Because he is so omni, right? He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He is he is all loving. You know, all is the word for omni in English. There's not an omni loving, but he's all loving. We use that phrase. And you go, really what he is, is a God. And so when you get into a relationship with Heavenly Father and the Savior by being baptized then what you said is, I will take them as my masters, the Savior as my master, and I will become his apprentice. What guarantee does he make you? It's all throughout the scriptures. If you will follow me, right? He says, come, follow me. We were just reading this week for come, the Come, Follow Me in, with our family study, all where he's calling his apostles. Yeah. And he continually says, come, follow me. Come and see. Come and see. Come and he's inviting them to come and walk the path with him. And once he baptizes them, or they get baptized by John, then we see that he says, Okay, now that you're in the path, I'm going to make you some guarantees. You, you promise me that you will do whatever I ask you. Right? Isn't that what we say in the sacrament prayer? That they will keep his commandments. 
Have you ever thought of that? That's one thing you promise every week. We promise to keep his commandments. And his promise back to us is that he will walk with us on the path until we become like him. And what he says in the New Testament is joint heirs with him in the kingdom of God. Literally, he is a God and he's saying to you, if you'll covenant to do everything I ask you to do by going down into the waters of baptism as the ordinance and as the covenant, promising to keep my commandments, to always be thinking about me as your master and what would I do and how, what would I want you to do, if you'll covenant to always remember me, keep my commandments, which I'm giving you, I promise you back, I will land you in the kingdom of God as a God. You will become a God just like I am. You too will become a master. You see that apprentice and master's, master relationship is all about those covenants. And yet you have to say, man, so my baptism and then my sacrament renewal of that baptism and then my temple right covenants, which are even more, they're just like your baptismal covenants. They're just more specific, right? Mm -hmm. They're more specific in a little higher plane um, because now you've been baptized for a while. You're ready to make more covenants and more promises to him. That he says, you know, I was talking with somebody after the class last night and I said, isn't it great that after you covenant to walk the path with him, that he also says, and every time you make a mistake, I will cover that with my atoning sacrifice. So by the time you're done, it will look like you've walked a straight path, right? Wait, that's imp- uh, it'll look like you've, it'll look like you've never gone off the path because I'm covering all of your mistakes. So how about this? Because you just said something that sparked this in my mind. How about this idea of you said I want to be loving like Jesus? The master helps provide experiences for the apprentice that will help them to learn the lessons that they need to learn. So as you reflect back on your life, can you say, man, my life has been full of God-driven lessons. I would say so. God-driven experiences, divinely driven experiences to help me learn the lessons of godliness. It's funny that you say that because normally when I, when I picture an apprentice master, it's like, watch me do all these things and hopefully you will learn. But in this relationship that we have with the Savior, he's constantly allowing opportunities to come our way so that we can learn to better be like him. Oh, it Just is exactly like you were saying. Beautiful. It he is allows a, a lot of opportunities so that we can learn to be as loving as he is and just as patient as he is and just as like have, having wisdom like he does. He allows us opportunities to do that. Um, and I've definitely seen that influence in my life. The person that I was six years ago when I graduated college, like seven years ago, is not who I am today. Because I've had really cool experiences where I've been able to walk with the Savior and I've seen him walk me along. Because I've recently experienced a couple things where like if I if that had happened to me when I was graduating high school, I would have not handled it in a good way. Hmm. Or yeah. I would have not handled it at all like I should have. But today, being the person that I am, I can handle it the way that the Savior would have because I've learned from him. I've learned from him, and he's allowed me opportunities to learn. So this is an opportunity-rich experience, and that is exactly how the earth was designed. You think of the earth and all the chaos that is constantly on it. Part of the reasoning behind the chaos of the earth is because it needs to be opportunity-rich. Many, if not most people, will get a chance to have these experiences of trying out parenthood, of trying this, of trying that. 
And it's nice because it really is both of these. It is, I can watch the master or I can read through him and, and see how he does it. And then he's going to give me a chance to try it myself. It is, it's come follow me. Come follow me in terms of come and walk with me and, and give a try all of these things that I'm doing. You think of the priesthood where the Lord says, I'm going to give you a chance to exercise um, my authority. You know, because a priesthood holder really has no power in themselves, right? They, they can't command rocks and, and sicknesses and things. They have no power in themselves. It's Heavenly Father saying, I'm going to let you use my power. It's like, I'm going to lend you the car keys for a little bit so you can learn how to drive. The car is the Lord's. Wow, that's actually a good analogy. I'm going to write this down. <laughs> the car is the Lord's, right? But he's loaning you the keys so that you can have some practice driving. Just watching him drive is not enough. You've got to get a chance to drive. You think of parenting and how that's equally that good, right? Where you go, you want to learn to become a heavenly mother? Give being an earthly mother a whirl. <laughs> it is the very best way to learn, right? Yeah. Um, what You want to learn to be a great spouse in heaven? Practice being a spouse here on the earth, right? Mm. A, a sibling? Practice being a sibling on the earth. So like it that. is... So just to kind of conclude this part, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, how are we going to, like, let's tie it all together. How, what does that mean for us as the people listening, wanting to be better individuals, first and foremost, but then applying that to just being a better dateable individual? Yeah, okay. That's exactly where I was driving to is saying, so this is how we concluded our class last night was asking the choir members and students, so how often do you think of your discipleship and how much does it determine your decisions, right? So if we're going to put the three Ds in a row, discipleship determines decisions. Now pick that up where President Monson said, decisions determine destiny. Mm. So let's put those together. Your discipleship should determine your decisions and those decisions will determine your destiny. So what you watch on TV should be heavily influenced by your discipleship. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, my master. Who would not have me watch this? I should, I should go over and help this neighbor because as a disciple of Christ, I'm learning to be like him, and that's what he would do. So back to my very first story. Jump out of the car helping a woman fix her tire, and she says... Why are you doing this? Because this is what my master would do. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, and I'm learning to become like him. And so his, my discipleship determined my decision to get out of the car. And I will say this. If I'm choosing between a man who um, chooses to like act on a, on a prompting, hey, I, should go, I think I should go help this individual, versus someone that is sitting on the couch doing nothing, yeah, I'm going to choose the one that's going and, and being a disciple more often because that's what I'm drawn to. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Because, <laughs> yes, because you want to become a goddess. And so, of course, you're going to be drawn to someone who wants to become a god, mm -hmm. right? That the two of you can become a, you know, heavenly parents kind of thing. And that's what we teach in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is just so awesome. So, okay, we're shifting. Ready for the shift? Ready, set. The, <gasps> there's the shift of, Wow. Okay, so this year, my discipleship will determine my decisions. Now, as I think about that, 
what does that mean for my dating life? Well, let's talk about some actual dates, right? Yeah. Why are we going on actual dates? Because we want to have this family experience. We want to get married. We want to become heavenly parents. We want to do all of that that the brethren have taught us. We want to do that. So what kind of dates are we looking for? Are there some principles? So Kayla's going to share the dates. I'm going to talk about the principles of the dates, right? And say, do I agree with Kayla or do I disagree with Kayla? And I haven't let Kayla see my paper. She actually was trying to look at it before in our little pre-production meeting. <laughs> yeah. She was looking at it. I'm like, no, I want these to be a surprise to you. And we'll just we'll just judge your date. So here's a good chance for us to be judgmental. All right. Perfect. Okay. Okay. So um, this is podca- podcast whiplash. This... Um, I learned this from an old roommate of mine. She actually has been on here as um, a guest speaker. Oh, so this is a pre-dating idea. This is a pre-dating okay, idea. Pre-dating. This is a pre-dating idea. So I have, her name's Rachel. She's been on the podcast before. She had a sister who went on like 200 dates before she finally found her husband. And she said that one of the, she, my roommate, so Rachel called her like the dating master. So that's kind of perfect for what we're talking about. Excellent. But she goes... One thing that I really like to do before, while I'm like getting to know guys is like we'll be ta- we'll be talking about things but if like they haven't asked me on a date but I want them to I know we've talked about this in the podcast of like chumming the waters chumming the waters um, and the phrase of we should do something sometime I'm going to mash right. that with what uh, okay. Rachel just said Excellent. so Rachel was she would tell me that her sister would go I love um uh, or I love red robin's fries they're my favorite the sauce the fries, the like the chicken strips that come with it, that's my favorite meal ever. And so if I ever wanted to like go on dates with guys, I know for a fact that I love going to Red Robin. So when I would talk to them, I'd go, you know, have you ever had the the French fries from Red Robin with the sauce? And they go, no, I haven't. She goes, you're kidding me. We should do that sometime. And so it's this idea of um, rather than we should do something sometime, it's Give them something to do with you sometimes. Making it even easier. Making I love it that, that I much that. easier. And you could even do that as a two-step process. If you're like, oh, I'm not courageous enough to say we should get Red Robin's fries. You know, we should do something sometime. Totally. Have you ever had Red Robin's fries? Okay, so what do you do if they say yes? Yeah, I've had them. Well, uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> okay, I've got an answer <laughs> so, for yeah, it. You <laughs> so, okay, so you say, have you ever had Red, uh, had Red Robin's fries? And they go, yes. And you go, do you love them? And they go, yes. And you go, we should go get those. I mean, right? If they yeah. go, not so much, you could easily say, oh, really? What's your favorite fry place? And they're like, oh, have you had so-and-so? And you're like, you think those are as good as Red Robin? Yes. Prove it. <laughs> so I'm going to get Look, Red we Robin's fries. Do it. Yes. Now you've got two dates. Let's go to Red Robin and let's go there, right? Yeah. Fun. Which Fun. actually leads into, so that's like my... That's if you want to go on it, like something that you really like doing, you know, would be a really fun date um, and getting somebody else. It's not necessarily finessing the system, but uh, in a way going like you haven't asked me yet, but I still want to give you the like ask me out. But I'm just going to I'm just going to yeah, I'm going to give you an opportunity to I'm going to, you know, set you up for a slam dunk. Make your life easy. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, so one of my favorite dates that I've been on is actually a taste testing date. So we did. um what we did, it was a group date, but you could also do this on an, I've done it both individual and with on a group date. So I'll, I'll speak to both, but on the group date, we did, um, chocolate milk. So each couple brought one chocolate milk and we put in taste testing little cups, little cups. Oh, fun. and then lined them up. Like this is 
this is number one, this is number two, three, four, I think we had six flavors. So each couple got two cups of each flavor. And so it was up to each couple to like taste test. And we, we, we created a whole, um, like you would a basketball championship. We put that with the, with the, with the chocolate milks to find the oh, first, yeah. second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Oh, nice. Did, did a little bracket there. A little huh? bra- Yeah, we did yeah. a whole bracket system with which was best. I can't even remember which one so it was. So you could really do this date idea with, with anything. You anything. could say, everyone bring a donut. Yeah. Everyone bring a, Cookie. and we're, we're going we're gonna to face them off. That's fun. Totally. That's a, It was a way fun. I love that because it gets you debating. And I kind of like the whole fun debate thing. I like that. Yeah. I think it's funny. Gives you a chance. Okay, so all right, let's let's look at some of so for today's right podcast. These are the words I've written. Is it enjoyable? Because I've just been listening to you know. I mean, I talk to people about dating every day because this has kind of been my life, and an enjoyable date raises everybody's opportunities in terms of an enjoyable date makes you actually more enjoyable. It brings out the fun in you. It brings out the fun in everybody. So, so. Was that, is that an enjoyable date idea that, that you would go home and go, that was so fun. Yeah, I thought so. So the date, not, not, not talking about the people, but oh, the date the itself. Day. Yeah, okay. Is that a fun thing to do? Me personally, I love it. Me too. I, I, I love just, that. I, I would so totally, fun. I would do that on my own. I'm like, yeah, I'm buying all this yeah. I'm blindfolding myself. I'm that, that, that dummy who well, would do that. And I actually got that idea because we did that as a family for family home evening once. Oh, and so I nice. loved it so much that I was like, you should bring that to a date like a group date setting. Yeah. But you could also do it individually. I actually did this with um, with somebody where we went and we bought um, we bought cupcakes, like five different cupcakes and then split them in half. And oh, then we were like we were critique like we were critics of the cupcake. Oh I like this part. I like the I like this portion yeah. of it. I like this portion of it. And then we whittled it down to the, our favorite one. Oh fun. So okay, so it gave you a chance to talk. It gives because mm-hmm. one of the parts of is it enjoyable is does it give you a chance to converse, right? Yeah. Does it give you, uh, does it give you a little bit of a chance? But even more significant. So my first question on all of your dating ideas is, is it fun? Because I want to go on a date that's fun. Mm-hmm. Second question is, is it revealing? And because really, the real reason that we're dating, as much as you go, I'm dating for fun, that's true, right? And I've heard people give other people encouragement, like, I'm not dating anymore. We'll just go out and date for fun. But really, if you keep, you know, if you bracket system it down, the champion of dating is going to be, I'm dating to get married, yeah. right? Unless you're 16. <laughs> um, but but it, it, is it revealing enough that you go, at the end of this date, I will have had some time to know about the person I went out with. It will reveal some things about them. Are they fun? Do they, you know, uh, are, is it easy to converse? Do we have a lot of things? Are there opportunities for conversation and to learn more about the person in that date? And I think on this one, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's my third question. Is it comfortable? Now, I'm going to tell you why I have that as a question for, for these dating. And we're going to do this with everybody that you bring in, right? We're going to ask them these questions. Because... The number one thing that I hear when people say it was a bad date oh, yeah. is that word. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, that's the number one word I hear. It was so it awkward. It was so, yeah, oh, so awkward, so uncomfortable. So, yeah. And so what makes a date comfortable? And, and I would say, just from listening to your first one, there's enough activity happening that it is conversation, conversation available but not conversation dependent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when you go, it was so awkward. What was so awkward about it? We just sit there and we didn't know what to say. And so 
we just ate our dinners quietly. You know, things like that where you go, ooh, if you're out, you know, moving and doing something like, even somebody you don't like, you could do a face-off on chocolate milk. Do you know what I mean? You could take somebody, you go, oh, this person might annoy, ward annoys me so much, but we did this fun activity together. Yeah. So does the activity, does the date provide an easy level of comfort? And for me, what really is the judge of that is, is there enough time to talk? Is there enough time that you don't have to be talking all the time? Because you're doing something. You know, if you go, I can clearly see that I'm never going to marry this person, right? I can clearly see that. But we can still have fun doing a chocolate milk taste test. Mm -hmm. Cool. So there's my three questions. I'm glad I didn't show them to you before. Good. I've been shielding my piece of paper from Kayla. Good, good, good. Um, we should make this sometime a visual podcast. I think people would get a kick out of what we're, you know, what we're <laughs> the, doing yeah, with our faces. Face, the faces we're doing. <laughs> so is it enjoyable? Is it, does it have a level of revealing that you can learn, right? It's a level of learning about each other. And is it really comfortable? Is there, is it a date that will avoid the awkwardness and the awkward moments if it's not, if it's not all going perfectly, right? Okay. okay Go ahead. Second date. Second date. Uh, <laughs> this is for me personally. I really like physical activities. So, uh, recently I went on a date, um, we played racquetball actually, and I really liked it. It was way fun. We were supposed to do, it was supposed to be a uh, double date with, um, this was actually a blind date too. So one of my really good friends, um, one of my really good friends set us up. And so we were going to play racket or we were going to play pickleball together, but they weren't able to come last minute. And so he and I still went, we played racquetball, had a blast. I will say this though, like if you're not okay with like physical exertion and getting sweaty, then that could be, that could be something that you're like, oh, I don't want to show somebody that side of me quite yet, or okay. I'm just not comfortable. But for me, I, that doesn't really okay. Like, okay, so bother let's... me because I really, I really like the physical, like the physical aspect because it gets me moving. It gets me seeing if they're athletic or not. Like if they're coordinated, not even athletic, just like coordinated. Are you coordinated? <laughs> if not, you're out. Because I just want to be, well, it's not, it's not necessarily, you're out. Okay, I'm going to ask you deal, some questions. It's not a deal breaker, but. For us to be able to get through five, I'm going to have to ask you questions here sooner. Okay, so level of enjoyable. Uh, it was so fun for me. Okay. I loved it. So so the one thing about this particular date, um, and, and maybe you just have to have a heads up on some of these ideas. For example, everyone's going to bring their favorite donut. Well, what if you have somebody like my wife who's gluten-free? Mm -hmm. You know, she probably would actually eat the donuts and then just go home and feel sick. That's what she would have done when we were dating because she just wanted to have fun on a date, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you do the chocolate milk thing and someone's like, I'm lactose intolerant. Oh. So th there may just be a few things. I think the chocolate milk one is awesome because you could arrange whatever, act. you know, you go, oh, if you're lactose intolerant, then we'll do something else. But yeah. you could figure out a food taste. So this one, I agree, very enjoyable. I think it's got a high level of that. As a matter of fact, because you know you can get this little spirit of competition going oh, yeah. on, and and you don't have to provide the enjoyment. Somebody who made up the game is already providing that, yeah. right? So so that's a great one. Level of revealing. How much can you learn about somebody playing that? Oh, a lot for one. If they get if they get frustrated or angry when they lose. Okay. I don't need that. So, yeah. and it probably depends on which activity you do. Let's say that pickleball, I think, is good because yeah. there can be a lot of chatter over the net, right? Or mm -hmm. ping pong can be a lot of chatter over the net. If you go rock climbing, you may have to have a secondary activity because one is up and the other one's down belaying, and one is down, and right? Mm -hmm. You may not have a lot of reveal time 
to see if, hey, this is, even though rock climbing is a high level of enjoyment, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a high level of we learned about each other on the state and so we want to go out again. Mm-hmm. Okay, now here's, my, here's, here's the sticker on this one. Yeah. Is it comfortable? Um, depends, I guess. So if you're going to ask somebody out on this particular date, which is an organized athletic sport, right? Mm-hmm. Like racket, let pickleball, let's say pickleball. It's probably one that you may want to just get a feeler out before you do it. Like, hey, would you rather blank or would you rather go play pickleball? They're like, I love pickleball. Then you go, enjoyable is already had, comfortable is already had. Now I'm just going to talk about, you know, I'm going to chatter over the net with them kind of thing. I think that's that's good to fill it out. I think if you know them already, then maybe you wouldn't even need to ask that because you already know them. But if it's like a blind date or maybe this is a first date, giving an option of, hey, would you rather... Would you rather play pickleball or would you rather do, uh, would you rather go to Red Robins and get the french fries? <laughs> are you going to exercise or greasy are food? You, yeah. nice. Okay, so that's revealing right there in the question. You know, it's funny, during COVID, my my uh, boys and I we and my wife, we built a pickleball court in our backyard, um, cleared off all the rocks and went out and, you know, it was actually a whole neighborhood came around and they helped us pour the cement and and everyone uses it, but it's fun to see how many people, it's just open, you know, it's kind of on our side yard, people don't even know it's a part of our yard often, and it constantly, in the spring, summer, and fall, has people out there dating, and uh, they'll be out there in group dates, just playing through, you know, and I it's fun to... I have done that on a date, yeah, actually. It's fun to go I've out and just... at your court. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's fun to go out and watch people play. Okay, there's two. I love that idea. A physical activity, already planned... High level of enjoyment, good opportunity for, you know, if it, if it is going to be something like rock climbing, then I would do a secondary mm-hmm. follow-up 20-minute of let's grab a smoothie after or something so yeah. we can just have some learn about each other time. You know, it doesn't have to be long, like but just a little follow-up kind of thing. Excellent. All right, next one. Okay, next one. And this one's maybe more for like when you have gone on a couple dates with somebody, but I've, I've done this with somebody where they wanted, they said, I make, I'm learning how to make steaks. And I said, cool. Can you, like, you want to make me some? Sure. So he did, and then I brought a dish to it. So we were together there making our separate how to, dishes. How to cook a steak. Yeah, yeah. Like, so he cooked, he was cooking his steak, and I was making a dish from my mission. And then we um, ended up eating, like, we ate it together. But it was fun because we were able to, like, make our separate dishes and then, like, a reveal for each other. And share each other. Oh, that's And fun. share with each other what yeah. we made. Oh, that's really fun. That's really fun. Okay. Level of enjoyment? Uh, that it was really fun. You get yeah. to try new foods, and it's funny that so much because food, and I, I am sure this was divinely designed. And I'm not just saying that; I'm sure it is that food is food is meant to be pleasurable. Yeah. It's this opportunity where families and friends share in this experience together, and you go, man, there's a level of pleasure about eating. And as fun as it is to eat alone, it's much more fun to eat together, right? Part of the Mediterranean diet, which is rated the number one diet again this year, I think it's five years in a row, is that you eat in groups. That's a part of that diet plan. I don't know if you know that. I don't know that. Uh, I, oh, I'm, I, uh, what, what's the phrase? I had a goal to lose 10 pounds and I, and I almost made it except for 15 pounds. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but part of that is getting around and having, so I would say doing a food activity, not just where you go out to eat, because going out to eat can be a struggle in terms of the level of comfort. That's why I, I don't always recommend only an eating date, right? But um, in terms of level of enjoyment here, I think that's very high is, hey, we made some food together because you don't have to be talking every moment. 
But when your hands are busy and you're doing something, it's really easy for conversation to flow. And I was going to say also with um, comfort- comfortableness, because you're in a home, you're not in like a foreign Sitting Everyone's down eye you. to eye, yeah. you know, with one another. You don't, you don't have to be other. eye. That's a hard thing about a first date that's only dinner. The eye contact, It's like, yes, it's you're sitting across a table. Yeah. And and it's, I, I highly recommend those for second and third dates because the eating out is a high, that's a high level of revealing is eating together, right? Eating out just across the table. Making food much, much more comfortable. Probably not as high a level of revealing, but... Right, if you're following these three things. And then, of course, the level of comfort, making food together, very easy. You don't have to be talking all the time. You don't have to be looking at each other all the time. You know, you're enjoying what you're doing. You're moving so. around the kitchen. Moving around the kitchen. Other people are wandering through. There's So I think that's a great idea. Very enjoyable, a good level of learning about each other or revealing moments, and very comfortable. Good, okay. let's hear another one. Okay, last one. So I have... Um, I... I went and did ceramics actually with somebody, uh, but I also really love ceramics. But we, um, I had just this was over the summer, and y'all know that I knock doors. So I knocked into a family who owned a patio studio in their backyard, and I was like, "Hey, can I bring a plus one to this?" Um, well, a and this pottery is a, studio. A pottery studio Fine. in their backyard, and so, um, so he the the patio the he he was a potter, so he was like, "Yeah, come on over." I'd love to have you. And then I said, do you mind if I bring somebody else to like a date? And he said, oh, absolutely. Come on over. So he, um, so this gentleman allowed us two to come over and throw a patio, um, like oh, make pottery yeah. in his studio. It was so much fun. Just there, like the atmosphere of like talking with this guy, but also talking with the guy that I was on a date with. So, okay, so so maybe not specific ceramics, but doing an arts and crafts kind of activity. Because yeah, it could be painting, yeah. it could be throwing a pot, watercolor. Okay, so one of my kids just did a date this weekend where they did that and came back and we've got a painting now hanging out on our kitchen table. I made this which... mug and I still use the mug to this day. It's such a fun mug. That's fun. Okay, let's go through. Level of enjoyability. Enjoyment um, there. Enjoyment. I guess it depends on who you are. It's specifically for pottery, I love ceramics is my jam I love that um it maybe not for everybody like they don't like getting their hands dirty Mm. but um as far as like building something new so maybe you don't do ceramics maybe you do watercolor or drawing or something artsy yeah I think that could be uh depending on the person it could be enjoyable good okay and and depending on the person so a couple of these I think everyone of your ideas so far everyone can do Mm. I think there's probably a couple also that you go you may want to measure the person just a little bit. Just put out a, a feeler, right? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, I was thinking for our date that we would maybe go to Color Me Mine or something or, you know, to the Pottery Barn or wherever. And, yeah. and Creative kill. Have you done that before? And they may go, I have. I love that. Or, yeah, I, I am no good at drawing. You know, I'm no good at coloring. And you go, okay, I'm gonna, maybe I'll steer us in a new direction. But I think it's level of enjoyability for most people is I think is very, very high. high. Yeah. yeah. Opportunity to learn about each other. Level of revealing, I think, is very good there, right? Um, Especially because it gives you this chance while you're doing something. I mean, we have advocated for this now a a million times. Have something that you can be doing that you don't always have to be talking, but it is possible to be talking, right? Mm -hmm. So you're working, you know, you're working on your pot there, you're doing your coloring. Every moment doesn't have to be consumed with talking, but... 
there's the opportunity to talk and say, oh, I, I really love that. And it doesn't just have to be about each other, right? Oh, I don't know. Okay, how did you do that? How did you do that? Come show me how you did that, right? Suddenly, some of your talking can be about the activity itself. It doesn't just have to be, tell me about where you grew up. Although, I just a little plug for that. There are a couple of questions. I know we talked about this on the first date episode. But there are a couple of questions that are still so golden. Like, tell me about where you grew up. And then you just practice yeah, asking questions. Yeah, tell me questions. more about that. Yeah. Well, so, that, that, that so statement right there, tell me more about that. What is it like to be in the band? And what did you yeah. play? And is that hard to, you know, just follow-up questions that you actually want to know and that are would be interesting to find out about somebody? You know, I ride the train to work in Salt Lake now. And I never ride alone. I always sit by somebody and, you know, I have, last night at the choir, this kid comes up and goes, Brother Egget, I made it. I'm like, man, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and he's like, you rode the train with me this week to Salt Lake. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, Armando. And he's like, I made it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, you invited me to come to choir when we were in Salt Lake on the train. And I was like, I, I totally remembered at that point, but I went, I just started learning about him. You know, he's like, hey, something, something. And we just got into a conversation. So pretty, pretty easy if you like a follow-up question. Is it comfortable? I, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because you're doing something with your hands. You don't always have to be talking, but you can be. But you're near each other. Yeah. Okay, so, th- so there's the principles we're going to be asking. So if you're out there in podcast land, I say podcast land a lot, huh? If you're out there in podcast land, uh, you may be contacted by us this week. We've had people write in. You may be contacted by us to say, hey, come and, come and give us your five best dating ideas, right? Loved them, Caleb. They were all awesome. Um, and the three things we should be thinking about in terms of uh, principles are, is this fun to do? Because people like to have fun, right? Is this, what is the level of enjoyment of this activity? If somebody asked you to do it, would you think it was fun? That's one. Two, is this, what is its level of revealing and opportunity to learn about another person? If you want to go on a second date, that has to be a part of the first date. They have to get to know you well enough to want to go out with you again, right? Tying it back into, like, this is what's this portion is helping you see if you're compatible or not. I, yeah. I think that to apply that, That's we talked it. a lot about compatibility in the past episodes. So this is helping you see how compatible are we. If you if you notice right away, not at all. Even if the activity is enjoyable, yeah, you know going forward. But if you're like, actually, I, I still feel like I, there's a lot to know about them. Yeah. What I learned on that first date makes me want to learn more. About them. I mean, there, there's, the, there's the crux of it, right? What I learned on the first date makes me want to learn more. If they learn nothing about you, it's possible that that's your only date. You know, if they learn that, nah, we're probably not compatible, that'll also be your first date maybe, but an only date. But you go, all right, so so that level. So level of enjoyability, level of revealing, and is this going to be comfortable for everybody? The biggest one. Please make sure it's comfortable. Yeah. Because like, as girls, I will speak from the girls' perspective on this one, like, if you plan on something that is... And we've talked about this, right, in our last, last episode, episode about yeah. if this is 10 hours long of a date, like, that can't be comfortable all the time. No. Like, very rarely is that comfortable. So make sure that not only is the activity comfortable, but also the, the amount of time you're doing it for comfortable. I think that's something to add in there. Just, like, yeah. Be, yeah, be, the, be mindful The level of, of time, the level of cost, and the activity itself that everyone Absolutely. feels comfortable at the end of it. Well, there we have it. We haven't recorded an episode in a long time. I hadn't even been in my office for a month because I have an office in Salt Lake as well. So, But it was great to be here with you again, Kayla. Sounds like you had a great summer. Great summer. Since our last podcast, I've changed jobs. 
So. <laughs> yeah, since our last episode, I've been through a whole semester of school. <laughs> yes, I've gone from being a full-time institute teacher to now I'm working on the hymn book project full-time for the church and putting together some YSA conferences for the area and been lots of fun. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thank any, you. Any last things to tell us, Kayla? So thank you so much awesome. for tuning in. We love okay. you so much and we will catch you next time. Next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>